Joining us now here on the flagship podcast preview, we are looking ahead to Rice and we're doing it um, with Matthew Bartlett, who runs at theroost.com. I think they just call it the roost, but he is the foremost expert on Rice football. And of course, the Longhorns and the Rice Owls will, will tee it up. At seven o'clock on Saturday night on the Longhorn Network, Matthew. Thanks so much for joining us. How you doing? Absolutely. Thanks for having me and getting our our tour of the Southwest Conference of old, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's like old home week, and it's interesting that that these two teams, who of course were mates back in the Southwest Conference, have both played a former Southwest Conference foe in Arkansas and. Matthew Rice did a heck of a lot better than Texas did for three quarters. I mean, our, I mean, Rice was leading Arkansas 17 to seven in the third quarter. Uh, tell us about that game. That was in Fayetteville. Yeah, it was a uh, pretty crazy. Me and my co-host on our podcast this week, he pre- or last week, he predicted, you know, we're going to have like two or three national writers tweeting at halftime. What the heck is happening? Rice is leading Arkansas. And, uh, and he was right. And the, the formula for Rice, as it's been the past couple years under Mike Bloomgren, uh, is, you know, play great defense. And the Rice defense, five three and outs by uh, the Arkansas offense in the first half. K.J. Jefferson, their quarterback, uh, had one big breakaway run at 250 pounds. He's hard to stop. But other than that, it was smooth sailing. So uh, that's been kind of the formula for for pulling off they had the uh, the Marshall win last year undefeated top 15 team on the road shut them out 20 to nothing five turnovers and and that's kind of like if Rice is going to punch above their weight and beat the Arkansas or try and beat the Texas of the worlds uh, it starts with the defense and that'll be the story again this week yeah let's let's dive into that that defense um talk about it cuz it's the strength of the team obviously they they only gave up 18.8 points per game last year you mentioned the shutout of Marshall, uh, very impressive. And this Rice defense has, what, nine starters back? So tell us about this Rice defense. Who are some of the players to to look out for? Uh, I think to, to start with this Rice defense, you kind of got to go back to last year. With, with injuries, it, it was pretty crazy. They were down their top five cornerbacks on the depth chart going into the Marshall game last season, had their top three safeties out for basically the entire year. Uh, So they played without their best eight defensive backs for the majority of last season um, and still were able to accomplish what they were. And now almost all of those guys are back. So you're adding that, you know, that returning experience. So, you know, depending on what you call a starter or not, guys that would have started but missed last year, um, you got guys like George Nyakwal, who is an all-conference caliber guy who's who's back at safety. Uh, Naeem Smith had a pick six in that Marshall game. Uh, He's a thumper. He's going to come across the middle and and lay some wood. Uh, And then you got two young corners in Sean Fresh and Jordan Dunbar that are redshirt freshmen and uh, held up pretty well. Uh, against the likes of Traylon Burks and and some of those receivers they got uh, over there at Arkansas. So uh, I, I think it starts when the secondary, uh, they're going to be physical and they're going to trust their guys. You don't see it as much in college football, but their corners to just play one-on-one on an island and go win. And if they can do that, that opens up a lot more possibilities. So uh, that's the hope. They got Antonio Montero right in there at linebacker in the middle. 
and uh, he's just going to kind of captain this thing and get everybody set it up in the right direction. So they're going to play hard. Uh, that much is for sure. Well, Arkansas, it, it, from what I'm gathering, played uh, a four-man front against Rice. They switched it up and played an odd front against Texas, and Texas really struggled with it. Um, it looks like Rice bases out of the four, four, three. Um, but how much odd front do they play? Uh, it's interesting, and I, I think defensive coordinator Brian Smith does a really good job because uh, they typically operate out of a base with three down guys and then an edge, um, which you know will be either either standing up or have his hand in the dirt, and they'll kind of move that around. Uh, and then most everybody in college uh, college football today has whatever you call the hybrid position that is a linebacker and a safety. He has to cover and rush the passer. Um, Rice calls that the Viper, and that has been uh, Treshawn Chamberlain, who actually got uh, nicked up a little bit in the last game. Uh, so hopefully he's ready to go against Texas, but whoever slots in there, uh, that's kind of the, the key piece to move around on the defense. You'll see uh, that position lined up on the line uh, at one one snap, and then the very next play uh, in the deep middle 15 yards, off, 15 yards off the back of the field. So moving that around and kind of being able to do a lot of things with similar personnel uh, is really a key to... Uh, unlocking all of it so yeah probably three down for the most time but you know with the the flexibility they have at so many different positions uh who that fourth person is um will probably change from play to play and that's one of the things that's helped make the defense so successful yeah the defense was was really good against arkansas obviously rice was leading that game 17 to 7 into the third quarter and and then a couple of late interceptions by Arkansas allowed for short field touchdowns to to help Arkansas pull away in that game. And then against Houston, the Rice defense was still pretty good. They'd only given up 17 points into the third quarter. They were they were down 17 to 7 uh, against Houston, but then things got away. Um was it I mean I know the quarterbacks turned it over three times in each of those games. Is that what really kind of broke the back of of the of the defense in that Houston game where it ended up being 44 to 7 I think there was a part of that um, in both of these games by the time Rice has gotten to the fourth quarter they've had three starters on defense not able to go um, for whatever reason so injuries the injury luck has not been favorable um, so that's been part of it and then a part of it w was just the Houston quarterback, Clayton Toon. He converted uh, three of four third downs of 14 yards or longer um, through the air. And anytime you do that, Rice was able to be fantastic on first and second down. They were getting Houston behind the sticks and right, and they couldn't run the ball. Uh, but those those third and long plays, and those are backbreakers for, for a defense. If you do everything right and then you give up an 18-yard completion on third and long, um, and to do it on three three plays in the second half, that, that was just kind of a, a real momentum killer. And then Houston, Rice ran five offensive plays in the third quarter because Houston had a 17-play drive and then an 11-play drive. Um, so those two combined, there was, there was no sense of rhythm. And so once Houston was able to get up 24-7, to uh, it was basically a quarter and a half left, and things at that point were getting pretty dire, and the offense started turning over and just kind of snowballed. Um, so some bad finishes, uh, but like we've seen from the starts, that they're capable. So what is the injury situation for the, uh, for the Rice defense right now? 
Uh, as of right now, Trayshawn Chamberlain's kind of the guy I'm looking at. Uh, uncertain uh, about he got aircasted in the second quarter against Arkansas and came back after halftime and still led the team in tackles. So that's one tough son of a gun. If he can go, he'll go. Uh, Trey Schumann was a guy at defensive end, left the game early, and Myron Morrison at linebacker. So those are the three guys um, that I'm kind of have uh, looking out for. The secondary should be, uh, I believe, mostly intact, and uh, they they rotate a lot of guys. Uh, on the defensive line in particular, uh, regardless of who's healthy. So I think you'll see a good mix there. Uh, might be down a couple guys, but at this point, uh, nothing that I think is, is going to be, you know, deal-breaking for their ability to execute. All right, let's take a quick break here on the Flagship Podcast, talking to Matthew Bartlett of The Roost at theroost.com, expert on rice football. We'll come back, talk about uh, Mike Bloomgren, the head coach, and the Rice offense, the search for uh, an answer at quarterback. We'll do that next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Matthew, um, let's let's transition over to the offense. It's obviously been a, a struggle for the uh, quarterback uh, position. They've They've had two different quarterbacks in each of the first two games. Tell us um about uh the struggles because each quarterback turned it over three times through the air um who do you expect to be the quarterback this week well we'll start with this week the quarterback's going to be luke mccaffrey um you know if you go by recruiting rankings the probably highest rated player that has ever taken a snap at rice university um, which has to count for something what kind of put him behind the eight ball early is he i think his, his decision to come to rice happened midsummer. Um, so he didn't get the benefit of, you know, a, a spring ball uh, or he got thrown in there right at fall camp. And Rice doesn't run, um, you know, this more of a traditional spread that's pretty common in college football today where there's a handful of different plays and combinations. And if you can run those five things, you're good. Uh, it's a it's a bona fide like pro style offense. And so coming from Nebraska and having to pick up all of those things from from go, uh, that was kind of the what held him back uh, from getting out there early earlier. So he he doesn't have the level of comprehension on the scheme that someone like Wiley Green, who started Rice's first game, uh, does. Who he started games over the past three seasons uh, with the turnover, some of the turnover on the offensive staff. He knows the scheme better than some of the coaches, uh, but it's been the execution problem. He's had turnover issues, and you know when when push comes to shove is, is found himself making bad decisions. Uh, so he earned, uh, just through his play, his practice, he earned the first start. And I think the staff has seen what they wanted to see. Could he hold up uh, to the pressure? And he didn't. And so now it, it's full steam ahead on, on Luke McCaffrey and kind of working that learning curve uh, and trying to utilize his athletic abilities, uh, especially as a runner, as much as they can. Yeah, Luke McCaffrey. Um transferred from Nebraska 
And as you mentioned, high profile uh, recruit, and he joins uh, offensive coordinator Marquise Tuyasa Sopo, who used to coach with Steve Sarkeesian. Um, but uh, is that is that what you were alluding to when you said that Wiley Green might know the offense a little better than even uh, Marquise Tuyasa Sopo? Well. But not him. I think I think part of what Tui has brought in is he's kind of brought in a, a bit of a shift. They've added a lot more motion and a lot more creativity, I think, with his uh, insertion. Um, you know, he he is certainly calling things and, and scheming things up pretty well. It's been the execution piece, I think, that's that's been more of the issue. Well, when when you look at the uh, who are the guys who are going to make plays, if Rice is going to get this done against Texas, Obviously, the quarterback Luke McCaffrey's got to take care of the football. But who are the who are the skill guys? Where where is the Rice offense strong, and where uh, where does it need work? Uh, well, the the two guys I'd point to uh, probably won't play in this game. And Bradley Rosner, August Pete, uh, they're starting two top two wide receivers. Both got injured against Arkansas uh, and missed the Houston game. Uh, Rosner's an all conference guy, so having him not out there again. Uh, is painful, but the guy who's kind of picked up the slack is Jordan Myers, who, you know, it, depending on, I don't know where he is on the depth chart right now. He's a, was originally listed as a tight end. He switched over and played running back during the spring. They'll line him up wide. He's kind of that, that jack of all trades, do everything. So you are going to get a lot of Jordan Myers. Uh, he's the short, short yardage goal line back. And he's also kind of like the go-to receiver, uh, in a pinch on third downs, uh, Rice's touchdown drive they had against Houston, he was kind of the outlet guy that McCaffrey found scrambling and just got it to him, and he did the rest. So it's going to be a lot of Jordan Myers on the ground. Uh, Kalen Griffin is a guy they really like it, running back, former high school quarterback, kind of a, a dual threat guy who will just run through people. Um, and they're really excited about his prospects. Uh, he's had a you know a, a learning curve being thrown to the fire last year was was pretty good for him, uh, and getting to experience you know being the starter by week game three of the five game rice season. So he's the other guy, and then you guys you got somebody else is going to have to step up in the receiving game, and that's that's kind of the question right now for Rice. Jake Bailey was the lone scholarship wide receiver healthy at the end of last season with the injuries they had. Um, Zane Knight got the first start of his career, uh, I believe, last week against Houston out, outside on the X. And, and you got Seth Patterson, who is a transfer from New Mexico. They got a lot of options, but they don't really have anybody else um, beyond Jordan Myers, maybe Jake Bailey, that uh, you really feel confident as being the guy that will. So Mike Bloomgren comes to Rice from Stanford. He's in his fourth year. Stanford you know, the lot of two tight end, three tight end personnel, heavy, heavy sets. They want to pound the football. Um, how many tight ends will we see on the field at, at one time for Rice? Uh, it, it depends, but I, I think on a lot of plays, if, if we're counting Jordan Myers as a tight end, uh, you'll probably see two. Uh, they'll run a, a lot of two tight end sets with Jordan Myers either, you know, uh, as a as a fullback or an H back or split out in the slot. And, and Rice likes to run the football. It's pound the rock, control the clock, and play great defense is the mantra that Bloomgren has gone by since he got here. So they're going to run the football a lot. Um, 
you mentioned Marquis Tuiasasopo. He's brought in a, a willingness to kind of expand, and Rice has run five wide a couple times uh, this year. And I think especially if you have Luke McCaffrey at quarterback, uh, you can still run the ball with five wide if you spread the defense out and let him find his hole. So it's going to be a lot of running from a, a bunch of different looks, uh, but it, that's going to be the staple. It's early on, get it to third and short, and then open up the playbook and do whatever you want. What does Luke McCaffrey is, I mean, is the advantage his legs over, over Wiley Green? Um, what separates those two? Uh, unquestionably, the, the first thing is the rushing ability. Um, as one of the players was telling me in, a, in an interview after practice, I said, what's the difference? Like, they both can execute the offense, but, but Luke can crib it. And I'm like, I, I gather that's a good thing to be able to crib it. <laughs> but he can break off that 60-yard touchdown run, which he, he did in practice. And, and you saw, if you look up highlights, what he did against, you know, Ohio State and Penn State and these Big Ten defenses. So he has the talent. Uh, but Boomer himself said he has a howitzer for an arm. He has a big arm. And I think the kind of the knock on him as he transferred and, and ended up Rice is he was kind of labeled as the, the running back who plays quarterback. And I think I've seen enough of him so far that he does look to throw first. And he is accurate and especially down the field and willing to take those shots. So I think his legs separate him. But I think from a from a just pure quarterback arm strength talent, uh, he's, he's above Wiley in that respect as well. Pretty talented family, that McCaffrey family, huh? Yeah, and he just kind of shrugs it off. Like I think he said uh, the other day, well, it's like, it's all I know. It's normal to me. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his dad, Ed, of course, wide receiver for the Broncos. His older brother, Christian McCaffrey, is a uh, pro bowler with uh, the Panthers. And and so now we're watching Luke's development. Um, anything else on the offense, Matthew, that, that stands out before we move to special teams? Uh, I, I think the big thing, kind of the thing I have circled on my, my you know, box here is what happens on third down uh, for Rice, which is pretty elementary to some point. Um, but part of what made it so difficult for the Rice offense against Houston um, is you had a new inserted wide receiver dropped a pass on the first drive. A third down pass was dropped on the second drive. And then you fast forward a incomplete pass. He, McCaffrey completed attempted one pass in the third quarter. So the offense basically got three or four attempts to see McCaffrey on third down. And for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And at that point, you just got thrown behind the sticks. And so that's kind of like the big question mark I have for this offense. Because uh, we saw it on the second uh, end of the second quarter. They had six consecutive plays that ended in either a first down or a touchdown. Um, so they can get going. But but when they don't convert on first down, uh, that's kind of the question mark. Because Texas can make you pay if you get into third and long. And that's not a game they want to get into. So on special teams, uh, give us the breakdown for the Owls. It's going to be Colin Riccatelli handling the field goals, and uh, he's he's missed two kicks, uh, one in each of the first two games, which has been really heartbreaking for an offense that's struggling to get on the board to get the opportunities there um, and miss them. Uh, he had the, the unfortunate uh, quadruple dunk, doink, against Middle Tennessee that went viral last year. Uh, but after that miss, 
Uh, I think he converted on like seven of the, la the next nine throughout the season or, or something like that. So he's been pretty reliable for Rice. Uh, gotten off to a, a bad start, which hasn't helped, but uh, he'll still be the guy at, at punter. Uh, it's going to be Charlie Mendez. Um, you know, Rice has had um, some of the best special teams play with our specialists uh, over the past couple years. Um, you know, going back to uh, Jack Fox, who's currently punting with the Detroit Lions in the NFL right now. Uh, Mendez has been been very good and expect nothing nothing but the same for him. Uh, the, the big difference maker is probably Sean Fresh, who I mentioned is one of Rice's starting cornerbacks. Um, you know, going back to the uh, Austin Roots, who did a lot of things in high school um, up that way, and has kind of been that that do-it-all player for Rice. Uh, electric uh, has had a couple 10, 15-yard punt returns, um, which, you know, if you have an offense that's struggling, spotting them a free first down is huge. So uh, look for him uh, to get involved early. If he gets an opportunity, he's a guy that, that can take it all the way. Obviously, uh, Mike Bloomgren with uh, with a veteran team, um, you know, he has high expectations. Talk about the evolution of the program now in year four under Mike Bloomgren. It started with it with year zero. That was very, very hard. It was a walk off field goal win over Prairie View um, and then uh, 10 straight losses. Um, which was kind of tough, but you saw that year, uh, the depth in this, the roster was just so depleted. They got to spring ball um, after his first season, and they had uh, on one occasion to call spring practice early because they didn't have enough bodies with injuries uh, to finish practice. Um, let alone, I'm talking not just D1 athletes, I'm talking bodies. And so you've seen uh, three of Mike Bloomgren's four recruiting classes have been in the top five uh, of, pro of classes that Rice has signed in their program history uh, by rating. So the, the talent has gone off the charts um, and they've started now. It used to be, you know, beating... You know, beating Houston across town was a big deal. Uh, their their crown jewel from this past recruiting class was DJ Arkansas, who picked Rice over Arkansas. Um, so Rice is beating out SEC teams now. They're beating out Big 12 teams. So the talent is getting there. Um, and it's at a point where oh, you have enough and now it's time to start winning. There was some grace in, in year one and year two. And people kind of circled 2020. Okay, that's the year that things are supposed to turn around, and then they played five games. Uh, they did beat Marshall, which was a huge win that kind of symbolized that things are going in the right direction. But coming now to year four, uh, you know, Arkansas, Houston, and Texas is a pretty pretty tough non-conference slate. So uh, there, there is some grace there, but the expectation still, uh, especially with Luke McCaffrey and his talent on board, that this team kind of takes that next step. Uh, and, and really, they want to be in a bowl game. Uh, this year, which starting 0 and 2 um, is not out of the question, but it means you do got to start winning uh, soon if you're going to get there. Well, you got a good look at Houston. Houston's been underperforming uh, under Dana Holgerson since he's gotten there. Of course, he lost De'Eric King uh, to the transfer portal and the Miami Hurricanes. Um, how how is Houston doing? Obviously, that was an impressive win over Rice. Yeah. <laughs> Talking with with folks in and around the program over over at Houston, they were just as surprised as Rice fans were. Um, I don't think we've seen a performance that good from Clayton Tune at quarterback in 
maybe two years, <laughs> honestly. Uh, and that's one of the things that it, from a, a fan base is maybe never truly appreciate. Uh, when it, when games go bad for your team, um, you know, there's blame to go around, but but sometimes the other guy just beats you. And I think Clayton Toon had one of his best performances. He stood in the pocket and, you know, there was a, a play where a deep safety came from 15 yards out and just ran 25 yards and obliterated him still found a way to, to get the ball out after that. So I think it was it was a great day from Clayton Toon, and I think that's what Houston is going to need because they don't really have, uh, especially the skill players that they've had in years past, you know, Marcus Stevenson is not there anymore. Um, so they need somebody else to step up. So if Clayton Toon, you know, it's, it's college football. If you have a great quarterback, you can survive a lot of other problems. Uh, the defense is pretty good. Uh, the offense has its question marks. If Clayton Toon can be great, then... They can probably have a pretty good season. But if he's bad, you saw four interceptions against Texas Tech. It's downhill pretty quick. Yeah, maybe it was just the news that Houston got into the Big 12 that uh, inspired that team. No. Um, okay, so why don't you give us a forecast of how you see Saturday night playing out in Austin? Uh, you know, if you have a score prediction, great. But how do you see that game playing out, Matthew? It's tricky for me because which Rice team are we going to get? Are we going to get the one that showed up against Arkansas or the one that showed up against Houston? Um, if it's the one that showed up against Houston, this could be an encore of the game a couple years ago where it's it's 35 to 3 and the game's over at halftime. Uh, if we if we get the one that showed up against Arkansas and plays great defense and is kind of able to hold, uh, I, I guess it's Casey Thompson or whatever we see of Hudson Card, um, you know, contained i wouldn't be stunned if this is a game that's a one one possession game in the second half and i think uh you know maybe texas fans when they hear rice might not expect that um because they haven't been able to finish it um but you know you got to look at the arkansas game and that was a <laughs> if if rice can play arkansas better than texas can play arkansas then i don't think it's crazy uh, to say this is a, a close game in the second half. Uh, Texas is going to have the talent edge. If they execute and play their game, you know, they should be able to 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 get there. But we saw new coach, things working out the kinks. That's not always the case. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm optimistic, but, but we'll have to see which Rice shows up and which Texas shows up. <laughs> right. No, it's a good point. Which Texas team shows up as well. Um, well, Matthew Bartlett. Read him at theroost.com, at theroost.com, and uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at theroost. Matthew, appreciate it so much. And uh, for Matthew Bartlett, I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Flagship Podcast. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 